Hello and welcome back to the final segment of our comics version of Avatar the Podcast. We are your hosts, Booster Greg, and this here is Acorn Bandit. Hello, I'm sick. <laughs> In addition to being Acorn Bandit, I'm also sick. We've, uh, for all of you longtime listeners, we've committed to the bit that, as Greg says, no one asked for. No one. But we're delivering it to you. We're committed. Once we set our minds to something, we're sticking to it. We hope you're ready for the final discussion around the comics. This has been such a journey. I can't believe that it's felt really short, but also really long at the same time. We've been doing this for months. Yes. And yet. And yet. I think it feels like a larger milestone than it might actually be, because this also, as everyone is aware, we talked about it last week, marks the end of the original Team Avatar in their current state, in their current form. Mm-hmm. So we know that there's going to be more content coming out from Avatar Studios about Zuko and Aang and Team Avatar when they're a bit older. But as you all know, you've been following us. The events of these books take place immediately after book three. Now there's yep. there's like Suki alone and there's a couple like a Katar and the Pirate Silver that are outliers. But the majority of what we've been covering is just right after Aang and Katara smooch on the balcony. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's the original cast. Just a couple months older. Everything's going to be different from here. Even if we get them back, I feel like Avatar Studios is going to take some new directions and maybe show them as young adults or adults or not at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to get them quite in this state again. So it is a little bittersweet in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually, I had this worry today. This is like my anxiety right now over Avatar Studios. What if they don't get all of the original voice acting cast back. Oh, that's a good point. But at the same time, they replaced Uncle Iroh and he did great. So... Yes, but I'm more thinking about Katara is what I'm more worried about. I feel like... Mae Whitman may or may not be available for that. But at the same time, like whenever they have to replace a voice actor, if you can get a really talented voice actor, they can do a very good job. Like I feel like your regular viewer, like me would notice mm-hmm. maybe someone like you would but oh, I'll they, you bet I've, I'll I've heard notice. some really good impersonations of original voice actors yeah and i don't know i think it's just more the novelty of having the entire cast reassembled and they don't need to recast ang because he would be older too so mm-hmm. you know that was kind of a worry i know they used a completely different voice actor for his voice in the video game smite when you had the ang skin and voice pack yep. And he sounded great. Like, I honestly couldn't tell the difference. I wasn't listening too, too hard, but it sounded like Aang to me. But I feel like Mae Whitman just brought something to Katara that was like, well, something nice. She was a very talented voice actor. And while someone could try to impersonate her, I think it would just be missing something, like a beat. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Mae Whitman specifically. And yes. also Sokka's voice actor, who I am completely forgetting. Jack DeSena. There we go. Yep. It was a D and a J somewhere <laughs> in there. Yeah. I feel like they really do bring something special to their performance. If Jack does not come back, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll watch it, but I won't be happy about it. Yep. Well, before we dive into our recap, which as you may or may not remember, involves us talking about our top favorite comics, our favorite characters from the comics, and then also our moral of the comics. We have some five-star reviews to read. Mm-hmm. The first one comes from... This is someone's first initial last name. I'm going to butcher it, and I'm so sorry. Comes from Jay Tatanazio. 
or my good friend JTAT, as I call them affectionately. <laughs> JTAT writes best podcast ever with about 1700 exclamation marks. Hey there, Acorn Bandit and Booster Greg. I found your podcast right after you wrapped up book one. And now it's one of the highlights of my Friday or every other Friday now. I was introduced to Avatar The Last Airbender when it first aired, and it is still one of my favorite shows. My wife is not a big fan of anime or similarly styled cartoons, but she watched all of it and Korra with me, and she ended up enjoying the experience. I can't wait for Avatar Studios to release more content. One of my favorite parts of the show is when Aang trains with Guru Patik and opens his chakras. I'd like to pitch an idea here. What if Bright decides to more thoroughly explore the illusion of the separation of the elements? I know they scratch the surface with metal bending and they explore this a little more in Korra, but what I like to see is maybe a mysterious group that is able to completely unravel the illusion of separation to the degree that they can bend more than one element and set up an imposter avatar. How crazy would that be? Ooh. I love that idea of like a I bizarro avatar. bizarro tar is what I would call them. <laughs> I freaking love that. It's so cool. My top five favorite main characters are Toph, Iroh, Sokka, Appa slash Momo, and Aang. Mm-hmm. Solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My top five favorite secondary characters are Guru Patik, Pian Dao, Kiyoshi, Chong. I noticed <laughs> uh, Zhao's not in there, but it's fine, JT. You're forgiven. Chong's in there. So Yeah, so- that's true. <laughs> Chong's in there. That's true. That's true. I can't be too mad. Oh, and the baboon spirit from the end of book one. Like that. I like seeing Guru like Patik on someone's list. Guru Patik is, I think, a forgotten hero of the main yep. series. I know. I love him too. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to start Korra. And three or four exclamation marks. And that's accurate that time. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier, it was maybe like six. I have a dirty secret that I have to tell everyone. Ooh, what's that? I already started Korra. <gasps> I couldn't help myself. I was brimming with like excitement for Korra. And I stopped myself at two episodes. I was like, you know what? We'll watch the first two and that's it. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts. We're not going to talk about it now. There's a couple things that I just can't wrap my head around and it's not what you might think. Okay. Yeah. But I really like Korra as an avatar. I love her as a character. She's basically Toph, Aang, and Sokka raveled into one amazing package. That may or may not have been their idea. Okay. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I'm just thinking like originally that could have been their direction with the character. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to, I felt wrong. I felt guilty. I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> I've already started. We're not going to start recording for quite some time, but I couldn't help myself. And I just needed to like jump in and like see if I still had my hangups. And I don't have the same hangups, I don't think, as when I first started oh, watching. good. So, well, that's a good sign. Yep. So I'll, then I'll leave it at that. We got more reviews to read, but JTAT brought up Cora. I just had to do it. I'm excited. I yes. know we talked about starting this in April of next year, April mm-hmm. 2023. I know it's a bit of a wait, but... This bodes well. We're already feeling excited for starting Korra. We already have thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right I'm now, I'm, I'm going to, to just like spill out these thoughts on my stream. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> In no particular order. Greg cannot help himself. I can't help so if you want a sneak peek, Sneak peek. At the Cora edition of Avatar the Podcast coming to you in April 2023, head over to twitch.tv slash booster Greg mm-hmm. on Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern. I love that you remember that. It makes me so happy. <laughs> I should. It would be incredibly embarrassing <laughs> if I didn't after all two years of doing this podcast. <laughs> you just take off your headphones <laughs> while we're doing that part. All right, I've heard this stuff enough. 
That's all yeah. I need. <laughs> I'm like everyone else is like, all right, the episode's That's done. It. Bye. <laughs> Our next review comes from Farmer Jacome. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Who writes, cool podcast. Definitely the best Avatar podcast out there. Thumbs up. The two hosts are great. Can't wait for The Legend of Korra. Nice. Nice. Thank you. More excitement for Korra. I know. Everyone, I think, is getting very excited, including me, obviously, for Korra. It's just, it's almost here. I'm so excited. The next review comes from the OG Cabbage Merchant, and this is an updated review to the amazing Acorn and gracious Greg. Hi, <laughs> Acorn and Greg. Thank you guys so much for making a top tier podcast. I'm currently watching The Legend of Korra with my family, and I can't wait till you guys review it. I'm on season three, and it's so good. And I am loving the comics. My top five favorite characters are as follows. Number five is Toph. Number four is Katara. Number three, Zuko. Number two, Iroh. And for my number one drum roll for the amazing, Toph-tastic, Katara-rific, <laughs> the one, the only, Sokka. Do, 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 do. Love you guys so much. And I'm not counting those. I'm going to say... 42 exclamation marks and uh, 171 and a half hearts emojis. <laughs> and then they continue to write, hello, fellow Avatar fans. I thought I would edit this because you guys are going on a break and I wanted to let you know how awesome it has been reading through the comics with you guys. Oh. I've read them before. I know this one really like got me going. I've read them before, but you guys got me back into them. You are both amazing and I hope you enjoy your break. I'm sure I'm speaking for everyone. When I say you guys deserve this break, much love, big smiley emoji face, and then a baker's dozen hearts. Why am I getting emotional? My nose is tingling. I know. I know. <laughs> My ears are pricking. That's so nice. Thank you. That one I think is especially nice, at least for me. And stop me if I'm not speaking on your behalf on this one, Acorn, because I've been feeling like a little, a little guilty about taking such a longer break and we need have, it and it's yeah, necessary, but it's like, we're bummed that we need the break. It's just as much as everyone's bummed about taking it or about us taking it. So this, I think just felt really good because they understand and everyone might not, but a lot of people do. And we super appreciate that. So thank you so much. You do speak for me when you okay. say those words. Thank God. Yes. You'd be like, no, <laughs> this is all your idea. You jerk. What are you talking about? I'm ready to go. I got a whole season <laughs> written up over here. I'm not burnt out. I'm not hating my life. I'm not needing a breather. What are you talking no, about? It's only you, Greg. Oh, I am all of those things. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me as well. Uh, the next review comes from Conditioned Gamer, who writes, Trivia, insight, and a lot of puns. I stumbled upon Avatar the Podcast while looking for the official podcast, Braving the Elements. And while Janet and Dante doing an absolutely amazing job in their own right, I've come to find myself looking forward to Avatar the Podcast more so than Braving the Elements. Acorn and Greg so clearly love the material that they are talking about and will discuss not just the story that has been overtly presented, but also examine themes, relationships, and behind-the-scenes trivia, such as from where you may know voice actors. And the duo have a great on-camera, and in parentheses, microphone, question mark, <laughs> relationship that elevates the show. I always find myself groaning along with Acorn when Greg makes one of his oh-so-numerous puns You're all and dad jokes, or smiling when Acorn gets excited when Greg makes a connection, either voice actors or a fan theory that she had not known. As well as on mic, they both have awesome ventures off podcasts that are worth checking out too. 
Acorn has her pins on Joy Sons, which is currently on hiatus, that are amazing. And Greg has his Twitch channel where he plays games twice a week and makes even more puns and dad jokes. I highly recommend this podcast, especially if you are an Avatar at all fan. And Joey Sons and Booster Greg on Twitch if you want a little more. Yes. Did we hire like a marketing person? <laughs> <laughs> that was so well written. Thank you, Condition Gamer. Condition Gamer, if you didn't know, regularly watches me on Twitch. It feels weird to say watches me on Twitch. He hangs out with us on Twitch. And it's one of those things where I didn't realize that he was an avatar person because Uh one day Condition Gamer just showed up in chat and didn't say, I don't remember saying anything about avatar. So I just assumed they came in from a raid or something. I came in from the podcast. Something. Yeah. And then one day I was talking to someone else and then Condition Gamer piped in and just like, oh yeah, avatar. I was like, wait, what? This whole time? You? (laughs) It was really cool. But yeah, we have a great time. But a lot more people have been joining us. And we've been playing not spooky games in October. Because apparently we play spooky games every other month of the year. Just not in October, Uh specifically. Yeah, change it up. Yeah, change it up when everyone else is doing the... Well, anyways, it was a great time. And um, I just love that I get to see Condition Gamer pipe in every once in a while. So I didn't get to say thank you for the review on stream. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the review. Well worded, my friend. Well worded. And for putting up with me twice a week. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, super sweet. And I love how the reviews this week very aptly are kind of like a retrospective. I feel like they're looking back. They're collecting their thoughts about the podcast and just like where we've come from. Like, I really like how this is. It feels (sighs) more like a review than anything. I can't handle it. I can't handle like we're hitting a milestone and I know it's not the end, but like when it actually gets to be the end, whenever that is, it just won't happen. There just won't be a final episode. Everyone knows I hate ending things. It'll just be, <laughs> see you next time, and you never see us again. Well, thankfully, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen because Avatar Studios is now a thing. But originally, yes. before they came into being, yeah, we probably would have finished Core and just like been like, okay. Well, and Kyoshi. That's it. The Kyoshi oh, and novel. Kyoshi, yes. Yeah. And, um, and Yang Chen. And Yang Chen. I couldn't remember her name. Yes, thank you. Yang Chen. Oh, my gosh. I know. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of feelings. I, mm-hmm. This does feel... It feels like a milestone. It feels like we just got to the top of a mountain and we have the mountain of Korra ahead of us. We're taking a break. We're setting up camp. We're going to get a breather. But then there's so much that Mm -hmm. we haven't even discovered yet because it's not even out. Yep. That's a lot. (laughs) Just don't look down. Just cross the rope bridge. Just don't look down. One plank at a time. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, we have a couple of reviews that were... I'm going to call them stragglers, but it's only because there's a little behind the scenes. There's no aggregate of reviews that we have like a site. I just kind of go on the Apple podcast site and I type in the country code for countries that I think listen to us that are predominantly English speaking or have English speakers in them and so on. I am a little embarrassed, but I think I need to take responsibility for this. I didn't realize how many English speakers there were in Sweden for some reason. I've just never thought about (laughs) Sweden. I've never been to Sweden. I don't know. And I've recently made some friends that are from Sweden. So I checked Sweden and we had a review sitting there and a couple other countries as well. So this one is from Sweden and it's our new friend, Kokta Laxen. And they write, love from Sweden. I started listening to this podcast and absolutely fell in love with about two weeks ago and have already listened to every episode. Oh Oh my my God. Two weeks? 
It's too much. This was for context 2021. So at yes. that time, we were probably still in the original animated series, like maybe book two or so. I want everyone to know that nine out of 10 doctors recommend listening to five episodes, no more of Avatar the podcast a week. <laughs> in a day. In a, in, a, in, a, in a day, in a day, in a day, sorry, in a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any more and you start thinking in puns and it's not recommended <laughs> for your mental health. <laughs> we could do a segment like, Side effects may include. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They continue to write, this podcast is unique because of the rare chemistry between the two hosts and the amazing storytelling and interesting facts. The constant puns, or I don't know what this word is. It's a word in German. I can't say that word. You know what? Hang on. Mm -hmm. It's Swedish. It does not translate well. (laughs) I think this might be a Swedish term. It translates to Gothenburg joke. Oh, I don't know. Oh my goodness. You Swedes have an amazing language. It is very hard to speak from what I'm hearing. That is not how I thought that word sounded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a different terminology for constant puns because they continue to say, Yes. Gottensburg scamp. Uh, that's uh, horrible. I'm sorry. As we call it in Sweden, referring to the city of Gothenburg from Greg is also a big plus. If Greg is, was from Sweden, he would have definitely been from Gothenburg. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that reference. Interesting. Thank you so much. Sorry it took us so long to find this again. I'm learning new things about the world all the time with my public school education. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. And we hope you've been enjoying the continued coverage over the comics. Yes. Thank you so much. And where's this next one from, Greg? I believe this next one is from Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. This next one is probably from Brazil from our friend, Bubu Inacio. Who writes, I love Avatar the podcast, Heart. Hey, Greg and Acorn, just wanted to let you know that this is my favorite podcast. You two work so well together, and I just love your insights, headcanon, and commentaries. Everything is amazing. I have this rule that I only listen to this podcast when I walk my dog because it prevents me from binging everything in one day, and it makes the daily walks with my dog much more enjoyable. I really hope this podcast keeps going for a long time because I still have to walk my dog every day. Anyway, you are amazing. Keep up the great work. I love that. Well, apparently they heard the unofficial four out of five doctors recommend Mm -hmm. only listening to X amount of Avatar the podcast announcement because that is exactly what Ubu is doing. Yes. Well, it's a good thing that they're listening to the medical professionals that we definitely didn't just make up on this specific episode right here. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wise. Mm -hmm. Our final review that we're reading on this episode comes from Ireland, actually. Oh, amazing. Yes. It comes from May.S41. And they write, listen now, 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 now. I only started listening since the end of book two and have been listening ever since. I absolutely love the podcast, but they keep talking about a childhood show. I'm still in my childhood, but genuinely love the show and can't wait for Cora and the fruits. I don't know what that means. If that's a reference, then we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for every fruit now, I feel like, in Cora. Learned lots, smiley face. I normally listen on Spotify, but decided to support you here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was super nice. That's okay. I'm, I'm having a moment where I'm just realizing, oh my God, this review came from Ireland. Mm-hmm. The other reviews came from Brazil and Sweden. There are mm-hmm. people around the world listening to our voices, Greg. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that. Like, if we ever did a meetup, <laughs> that would be insane. 
There would be so many different people from around the world. I don't even want to think about that. I'm just going to pretend that you never put that thought in my brain. <laughs> Purge, moving on. Moving on. That would be... I. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I have thought about that from time to time. Be like, what? Like, if we, for whatever reason, did a panel at any point, yeah. like, I wonder, like, who would show up from where? And it's just like, I don't know. It overwhelmed me and I can't form sentences anymore as I'm diving into it more. So let's please move on. Brain is breaking. We still need brain for podcast episode, for podcast talk. (laughs) Let us brain forward. Please. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everyone for writing those five-star reviews. It is so much appreciated. It is mind-blowing as we were just touching on. If you haven't written your review and you would like to still, head over to Apple Podcasts. And you can actually access it on any Apple product. And also, you go to iTunes.com, right, Greg? I don't know how you leave the review on a web browser. I just know that you can. There is a way to do it on the internet. So you can do that as well. However, if you leave your review now at the time of this recording, we may not get to it until next year when we dive into Quora. But we love hearing your thoughts. We love hearing from you. Yes. So make sure if you want us to read your thoughts that they are written. Why is that, Greg? So we can read it. So I can refresh the page several times a day and see it the moment it comes in and read it. (laughs) Because if you don't write it, I can't refresh the page several times. Well, I can, but it would be to no avail because there'd be nothing to read. And that's how the written language works. That was a very convoluted. I like how I'm waiting until my voice is dying to make them more convoluted. (laughs) Yeah, this is how I'm working today. That is correct. If you don't leave it in the written form, because words and reading mm-hmm. and language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grammar. Mm-hmm. Punctuation. <laughs> All right. Okay. Enough nonsense. Yes. It is time to do our comics recap. As we said before, this is where we talk about our favorite comics, our favorite characters, our favorite side characters. We talk about the MVP of the comic and then also the moral of the comics. We do this at every milestone, really. So we've done this for book one, book two, book three, and also the animated series as a whole. So this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun little wandering down memory lane here. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. Okay, so to start this off, we're going to be talking about our favorite comics. In the past, we've done our top five favorite episodes from the animated series. We shrunk this into just our favorite comics, Mm -hmm. being as specific as we want. I personally have written down three comics in particular that rose above the rest that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But let's start with you, Greg. What was your first favorite comic? I will say this. You went much more in depth. You separated them by parts. I did not. I couldn't do that. I can't (laughs) do that. Number one, do we want to go number one or do you want to start from lower and go higher? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Let's build some suspense. Yes. Let's do from the, the outermost to the, the first. Okay. So at number five, I chose five for me. I was okay. going to be four, but I couldn't not mention the rift, which is at number five for me. As much as it was a bit of a letdown from the search, it was still after reading everything else. It was still like very well done. I just like the search is just, I'm going to stop talking about the search because I'm going to give it away. But like really thinking about it and rereading the rift, it really helped, I think, build up more of the spirit world stuff, Mm. to put it very bluntly. It Mm -hmm. peppered it in a bit more. It showed us how grand and epic these spirits can be and how like mythological they truly are. When we had a taste of that from the animated series, we didn't get as like, I don't know, I don't think we really got to sink our teeth into it as much 
And I'm hearing Cora is going to be really about spirits. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. We had like a giant kaiju battle with spirits and Aang. And it was so much fun. So number five is the rift because it just showed us what can be with spirit world stories. Mm-hmm. Amazing. What about you? Well, we did things a little differently. I added two more to my list to make it five total. Okay. So I'm going to say my number five spot is Guitar and the Pirate Silver. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Why? I loved it because it was, even though it was its own standalone story, I thought it was well-made. It explored the characters in a fun way. It showed us parts of the world that were just interesting. We don't often get to see what's happening in little towns across the world of Avatar, unless our cast go there and spend time there and actually experience the locale. So it was cool to see just like how the war was affecting this part of the world, how pirates were a factor in this region, and then how it affected the main characters, specifically Katara. I also just love the characters in it. You're Mm -hmm. going to hear more about that in a little bit in one of our other segments. Oh, and aside from all of that, the art was beautiful. The panels were incredible. There were so many pages where I just had to stop and stare and really take in all the details because the art was just breathtaking. So that's my number five. You want to know something? What? You want to know what my number four is? (laughs) Is it Katara and the Pirate Silver? Katara and the Pirate Silver. (laughs) Perfect. For all of those reasons. And it also just felt like an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender in book form. And as much as I love every single one of the other mentions that I'm going to have, I can't say that for anything else. This just felt like an animated episode and it was very well done. It just hit every single beat that it needed to. Granted, it was a filler episode for sure, but it's a better filler episode than The Great Divide. I'll tell you that right now. Right now. (laughs) Like a million times Mm -hmm. better. So if you're looking for one of the books to start with or just kind of like sink your teeth into, that's the one I would probably go with if you have that extra time, just because it's a good buffer in between everything else, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. You don't have to commit so much to the arc of the story like the others, The Search, The Promise, and The Rift Mm -hmm. are like, and actually all the others because they're all three parts. Yeah, it's just a nice little bite-sized story that has the feel of the original animated series. Yes. All right. Well, that's funny. Do you Mm -hmm. know what else is funny? I bet. I know what your number four pick is. You know what my number four is? Is it The Rift? It's The Rift. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote these down as honorable mentions because for my top three, I have specific books that I'm going to talk about. But my honorable mention for number four is The Rift in its entirety. For all the reasons that you were listening to, I also loved the fact that we explored more of the spirit world and in a different way than we had seen in the original animated series. Because in the original animated series, Aang went to the spirit world, Mm -hmm. interacted with spirits. There's Heibai, there's the spirit of Roku and the other avatars. But in this, we actually got to get some lore from the world as it related to the spirits. And I loved Lady Tianhai and General Old Iron and the story, the flashback with young avatar Yang Chen. That was so cool. And then also seeing just the in-your-face, tangible, measurable difference that industry was bringing to that region and how it was clashing with the culture that Aang had grown up with. Just really interesting topics in subject matter all around. Yes, absolutely. What about your number three? My number three, I'm breaking all my rules. Remember how I was like, I didn't go as specific as you did? Well, guess what? I'm going super specific right now. (laughs) Okay. Relics. Remember that short story? 
Oh my gosh, from the Lost Avatar Tales? Yes, from Team Avatar Tales and whatever. It was like a combo book that we read. Mm -hmm. We didn't cover all of the stories. There were a couple that really stuck out to us, so we covered those. You can go back and listen to that podcast to find all of the ones that we talked about. But Relics was the one that, upon reflection, really stuck out to me. For anyone who needs a quick refresher, it was the one that showed that, I believe it was Sozin, was setting up little traps for airbenders that might have survived the Great Purge, let's call it, right? The genocide of the air nomads. And Aang happened upon one. And Zhao happened to be the person who caught him in that trap. And it was very cool. It showed how diabolical and scheming and intelligent that Sozin actually was. Mm -hmm. And it's just this little four or five page tale with a little bit of action. But it just, for me, really opened up that time. And especially... Sozin's mind because I had had a hard time wrapping my brain around him from the Fire Lord and the Avatar episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at you reaching mm-hmm. into the, the vaults of time. I'm that very was, proud of this one. <laughs> I mean, that was really, really good. And I think specifically because a lot of those stories in Team Avatar Tales and the Lost Adventures were so kind of piecemeal and just yep. all over the place and almost little vignettes that didn't have much of a structure to them, but Relics, oh my gosh, it had a beginning, middle, and end, an emotional impact, world lore. It added to the characters and the story. Like when you think about how much it crammed into just those five pages, Mm -hmm. it was very impressive. Yes, absolutely. Very nice. What about you? My number three is The Promise Part One. Okay. And the biggest thing for me, and I actually went back and started reading through, I skimmed the comics to prepare for this episode. And going back to The Promise Part One hit me with a lot of feelings. Yeah. It was the first comic we got with Gudahiru and Jean Luen Yang. And just the fact that, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but The Promise Part One starts with the opening of Avatar, you know, with the the elements and... Mm tale of the avatar and how they disappeared and then Aang's here and it it went through the whole script and then it continued on and it was the moments like a day before the final scene in the animated series where Aang and Katara kiss in Ba Sing Se it goes from there and carries on and shows us what happens next immediately after the show ended and I forgot how emotionally impactful that was to feel like oh it isn't over that show that I've watched so many times over, here's more. And I get to find out what happens next. And it was just so, so good. I felt like the ties between The Promise Part 1 and the animated series were strongest in that comic. Mm-hmm. The rest of the comics varied here and there. But that one, it felt like a direct extension of the show. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But while you split up The Promise, I just put it as my number two. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> For all of those reasons, it really, I think, helped smooth over some of the concerns that I had for the comics mm-hmm. by seeing the art style, because we had only read a couple of the comics before that. And one of those was Suki Alone, and we didn't really like it all that much. It was like kind of a letdown a little bit, but I think it's because I just had very high expectations for it. You know what? Yeah. Suki Alone felt like a bag of chips. Yeah. While The Promise felt like a full meal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Some nice gourmet mashed potatoes for the promise. Yeah. Some garlic butter and some chives. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? No, it's a baked potato with like crunchy skin. It's been made in the Uh oven, not in the microwave like my lazy butt does all the time. (laughs) 
But yeah, it was just well-illustrated, well-written. Yep. When I got to the number two and number one slot, it's like, which one's my favorite? And then which one's my second favorite? And whenever I tell anyone to read my favorite, which is not going to be a surprise to anyone because I've just talked about it like several times in this list, I feel like they should also read this one. And I can't yeah. say that about any of the other books. Yep. So no, I agree. Yeah. That's so funny. So The Promise is your number two. Mm-hmm. My number two is The Promise Part 3. So Interesting. I feel like we're playing tag here. We, are. we absolutely are. <laughs> we definitely are. For me, The Promise Part 3 is my number two because of how many themes and how many storylines they were exploring with some really big, important themes, important topics, like that nuanced commentary we got of what happens when cultures clash and the illusion of separation, Mm -hmm. going back and forth between like, we're one people. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes. And then also that moving depiction of multicultural families and the relationships that we saw with Corey Mm -hmm. and her parents. Her dad's the mayor of Udal, and then her mom is an earthbender from the Earth Kingdom. And so she's a Fire Nation citizen, but then she's also an earthbender. Those kinds of stories. And then also that moment that completely crippled me when Qatar is like, Aang... What you're talking about means we can't be together. I'm Water Nation and you're Air Nomad. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about keeping the cultures apart, then we can't be together. And just, God, that was so powerful. Yes. So all of that. And then also getting the first hints of Korra's world of those mixed cultures forming. Like what happens when you have a Fire Nation citizen and an earth-bending person from the Earth Kingdom come together? Like, what does their family look like? And then finally, at the very end, the start of Zuko's search for his mother. Yeah. And for that reason, I think The Promise and The Search are my favorite comics overall because they lead into each other so, so well. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more because you know what my number yeah, one what, is? What's your number one? It's The Search. <laughs> the Search. <laughs> the best. Like, I can, I understand why everyone before started reading comics was like, I cannot wait for you to read The Search. Uh-huh. Some people said like a couple other things, but it was always The Search and something else. Yes. And The Search Probably is... the promise. It wasn't the promise. Someone said North and South, which I think oversold North and South for me. Oh, really? Yeah. I think because it wasn't all that great. It was fine, but there's no The Search. I'll tell you that much right now. Mm-hmm. The Search, not only... Did it answer the burning question that everyone had after the end of book three? Not only did it have an excellent callback to one terrible archer, not only did it introduce (laughs) one of my favorite new characters, but it managed to do all of that and weave together a lot more spirit world stuff which is really cool. And I'm realizing as we're talking about it right now that I really, there was just an itch I needed scratching that I didn't know that I had. And the comics Mm. like really kind of did that for me. And they really kind of like, it's like the pre-massage before like you get like the good, I don't know. I never got a massage in my my life, but like what I You have it? No, I don't. It's too pain. Go to a spa, Greg. Treat yourself. bougie for me. (laughs) Oh my God. Not bougie, Greg. Greg just goes outside and rolls in the dirt. I do. It's true. (laughs) For self-care. If I need my back scratch, I go up to a tree like a bear. Uh, no, well, it's it's like the appetizer before the meal that Cora is going to yeah. be is is the better analogy there. But it had all this really cool stuff, and it was very well written. Everyone was firing on all cylinders on the creative teams. All the characters were just shining. I feel like there wasn't a moment wasted. It really 
was well thought out and it felt like the story that they really wanted to do. Yes. Oh, that's such a good way of putting it. It did feel like the story they really wanted to tell. Yeah. And I think we've gotten hints of that from interviews and things that we've covered in the past, how they've always wanted to show more of Azula's story. They always wanted to tell a story of finding Ursa. Mm -hmm. So I think this was their opportunity to give us that story. And they were really excited about it, which translates to the page because we were really excited about it. So to go with the food analogy, the search for me felt like dessert. It felt a little indulgent. It felt like you were, I don't know. It felt like you were getting something like a little delectable. You wanted it all to yourself. You just wanted to like hoard it, Mm -hmm. which is why my number one spot is the search part one, because it's everything you were talking about. I open the page and I get Ursa's backstory. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Ursa when she was a teenager. And then there's Ekum, who is an incredible side character. And then that's not even all. And then Azula joins the gang and goes on an adventure with them. Oh, and by the way, there's spirits. Mm -hmm. There's spirits that are part of the main plot line. Oh, and then also, if that wasn't enough, we get this little twist of who is Zuko's father really? Like, the search part one was just punch after punch after punch of incredible narrative. And we got the mirror imagery to Katara and Sokka. I can't remember their names right now, but it was the brother and sister who have been waiting to get the brother's face back. And I remembered this because... I remember very specifically going like, just stay at the pool. Just stay at one pool and just wait it out. And that's exactly what Aiko did. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I think that was the search part too. Oh my God. I know. It was just, it was such a fun adventure. And so it really feels like the promise was, I don't know why this popped into my head, but we're in Hobbiton and we're in Bilbo Baggins's house and we get this really Mm -hmm. cool locale and story. But then... Off he goes into the big wide world. And then we get this other side of the story with all of this other cool stuff. They feel so complimentary to each other. Yes. Agreed. It's the best I think you're going to get out of the comics. It's everything that you want from the comics. It's just the only thing that brings it down. And I say this understanding that this was my second pick is that you should read the promise before you read the search to get like a fuller understanding of what's going on in the universe. Oh, yeah. That's my number one. And... The one that will always stick with me. And I completely understand why everyone is filming at the bits for us to read it. Yep, me too. I was one of those fans who watched the original show and was like, yeah, where is Zuko's mom? Mm -hmm. And it's been in the back of my head ever since until I finally got my answer just now. I have a lot of those in my life, by the way. A lot of unanswered questions from books or games that once it sits there, it feels like an itch that hasn't been scratched. Once it finally gets scratched, it's it's like a full body tingle moment. It feels so good Mm -hmm. to get the answer to something you've been wondering. All right. Well, after all of that excitement, we're going to now move into who our favorite character from the comics was. Mm -hmm. So this is a main character. It's not a secondary character. Main character. This one is tough for me because I feel like the main characters did not shine as much as they did in the series. That is so funny because it was the same for me. Yeah. I kept thinking of side characters that stood out to yep. me. It's very interesting that that happened. I'm going to say Zuko because mm-hmm. we get to see the continued evolution of him. We saw a lot of his change or his metamorphosis happen from the end of the series. And they could have just kind of left it at that, but they chose not to. And we saw him grow even more as a fire lord and trying to struggle with differentiating himself from his father while being okay with making some of the same decisions that his father would have made. Mm -hmm. Just because you make 
one decision that is a smart decision that your father would have made doesn't mean you're your father, you know? And I think that's a very important distinction that he came to. And he realized the value of, I think, compromise and respecting those who lived in the Fire Nation versus treating them as subjects. I think he had to blend his uncle and his father's style together to make his own and even add on that. I think he successfully did that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Zuko is a great pick. I would say Zuko is such a good pick for the early comics. Yes. Like the search and the promise, like we were just talking about. The rest of the comics, I felt like the only characters that really stood out to me were maybe Katara or Toph. Katara was up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because Katara is doing the thing that she always does. She's the voice of reason. She's the thing that's keeping them together multiple times throughout the comics, she was the one who talked Yang down from Avatar mode where he was about to like smite someone. Yeah, that's <laughs> She true. was the one who kept bringing context and perspective to situations. So I think for that reason, she is MVP material. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Toph. You know, all the things that she was able to accomplish with her metal bedding school and the part that she had to play in the Rift and the later comics at Cranefish Town mm-hmm. with the factory. All really great MVP type things. But at the same time, like that still didn't really stand out to me as much as the side characters for some reason. Mm -hmm. So I would say Zuko, Katara, and Toph, I think are in the top of my list. We can't say Toph though, because she was already an MVP for book two. crap. So right. And also I discounted Toph. This is a spicy take. I discounted her because I just disliked the Metal Bending Academy books so much. It was such a letdown for me. And I'm just like, no. Not you. I refuse. Refuse. Chong is off my side character list. We're (laughs) we're going full renegade at this point. (laughs) Well, that's fine. I think Zuko is a great pick. And if Katara is still on the table, I can't remember. I don't think we chose Katara as one. So I think think she's a wonderful pick as well. And you know what? Let's bend the rules. Even if she was a pick, let's just say Katara. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Let's just water bend the rules a little bit. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Okay. Nice pun. Yeah, thank you. It's not my finest work, but I'm just very excited about the side characters. I know. Let's get into the part that we really want to talk about, the segment of our favorite side characters. Mm -hmm. I couldn't choose just five, so I have six. Okay. That is fair. (laughs) You know, we'll we'll say five, and it's a a two-way tie for me right now. Uh The Dark One, also known as Moochie Gucci La Poochie the Third. That is such a Nickelodeon name. Yeah, it really is. I love (laughs) The Dark One, though. And... Kylo. Oh, Kylo. I forgot about Kylo. I I actually did too until we were talking about the promise and and we were talking a little more in depth. And I was like, oh yeah, Kylo. How could I forget? Kylo was the one from Flowers originally. I think that was what it was called. Uh The short story that we read and we hated him. We absolutely despised that guy. And then he showed back up and we really enjoyed. At least I did. They turned his character around. They really. Great redemption arc. Oh yeah. I thought. He grew on you like moss. Yes. Yep. <laughs> nice. That just reminded me of an earthbending reference, so I got to chuckle out of that. <laughs> I don't know why, because moss is not an earthbending thing, but my brain made that connection. But yeah, so those are my two. The dark one, because he's more emo Zuko. He's more like yep. 80s emo. He's like the cure, which I really liked. I thought that was really <laughs> like nice. And Kylo for his redemption arc. Everyone knows I'm a sucker for a redemption arc, so... Those two yep. are my number five. Who's your number five? Nice. My number five is Lady Tianhai. Oh, good one. Yeah. I don't know if it's her character design or 
if it's the fact that she, you know what? I know what it is. Now that I'm thinking about it, it is her story that we only got a piece of. The fact Mm -hmm. that she was a goddess and she turned human for love and then met a tragic end. Those are my kind of stories. Those are the stories that I've liked since I was a kid, strangely enough. For sure. She's just so striking. And the fact that she turns into cranes at the end, like that's her metamorphosis physically. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just all of that is so aesthetically pleasing to my brain. I agree. You want to know what my number four is? Who's your number four? General Old Iron. Oh, perfect. What are we doing here? It's like we've been talking about this forever. I really like General Old Iron. He was very rigid in his views. And I think that was very purposefully done because he's made of iron. So he didn't really bend that easily. And he was, I think, the first character to call Aang out on his blatant bias towards people over spirits, even though he's supposed to be kind of like 50-50 on that. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying Aang is right or wrong in that, but I'm saying his job description is to be the bridge between spirit and mortal side, right? spirit and physical, and he's not been doing that. He's been neglecting that duty. And General Old Iron told him that on his deathbed, so he can't have another word about it. He just leaves him. He uses his dying breath to impart that message on Aang, and it's impactful. And Mm -hmm. other than that, Old Iron is very... I think he's noble. Like He's very protective of Lady Tianhai. He was absolutely heartbroken when she quote unquote died or turned into thousands of cranefish, but he was very upset about it and he took it out on who he thought was responsible, even though we learned that that wasn't really the case. Yep. I just like his dedication. I like his resolve. I thought he was a great lesson for Aang. Yeah. Oh, he was a great character too. And I love the fact that he and Lady Tianhai complimented each other and contrasted each other too. Having two different polarized perspectives of humans. Mm Mm-hmm. So effective. Yes. Loved that. Yes. My number four Mm -hmm. is from the same comic. It is young Yang Chen, Avatar Yang Chen. Okay. I don't know why that just tickled me so much. The fact that we could see Yang Chen, who I think I've always perceived as, I don't know the official word for this. I know there's a term, but someone who's so removed from humanity. Like she's the one avatar that every time I look at her, she's a monk first. I guess. I don't really see her as a person who has lived a life, who has been human, who has had experiences. She always seems so quiet and reserved and wise, which is why I'm so looking forward to reading her books. So I want to get more of her life. So the fact that we got to see her as a young avatar before she's really learned much and going into the situation with General Old Iron and having to prove herself, like that was so fun. I loved her. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. She's a wonderful... Sorry, someone just sent me a meme about Avatar Last Airbender and it's cracking me up. I can't <laughs> I can't it? concentrate. It's from <laughs> Two and a Half Men, but it's basically... Put it there so you can read it too. It's basically Avatar Last Airbender creators. I think I forgot something. Nickelodeon. If you forgot, then it's not important. Avatar the creators. Yeah, you're right. Hockey left at <laughs> night <laughs> in the rain, soaking wet after soccer practice. Oh, now, all I can, hockey. All I can think about is hockey now. I'm sorry. I derailed it, but that was just, I'm literally dying. I had to mute myself. I was laughing so hard. It was topical. It was. <laughs> Getting an avatar meme over recording avatar. Yes. Yes. I don't know. It's just some people just know me like that, I guess. Yes. Yang Chen is, she's a wonderful pick. She's not my favorite avatar. Everyone knows because my favorite avatar is Avatar Kuruk because I'm me. Because you're Greg. Because I'm me. 
and he's <laughs> hilarious and he's amazing. And like, he's like, why wouldn't you be? But I think Yang Chen, there's a mystery behind her because she's also an air nomad. Yes. And I, I want to read her book and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to cheat and read it ahead. I'm going to wait until we cover it. But I want to see how similar and how different she is to Aang. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for my number number three? Number three. Yes. Jiang. <gasps> the pirate. The, the pirate. The pirate queen. queen. <laughs> I love queen. her so much. She's confident. She's skilled. She schemes. Like she is kind of the Han Solo almost of Avatar for me. Oh man, she is. Uh-huh. She doesn't take lip from anyone. And it's just a shame that we only get one issue, one story with her in it so far. It is such a shame. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I won't talk too much about her because I have a feeling she's popping up on your list and not because I peeked I and I looked at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to button my mouth. I can't say anything more about her. Mm-hmm. So my number three is Ursa. Okay. I thought it was really fun that we got to see more of her background in growing up in the village that she grew up in, her journey from that village to the palace. It was so cool seeing someone who had such a huge impact on Zuko's life, seeing her story. And while personally, I thought that her story got a little stale, I think might be the right word, in the later comics when she was very solo focused on Kii. And that was it. Like her whole character was worried about her daughter and that was all. The early issues of the comics with her in them were so good. I'm seeing a trend here. I think this is just something about who I am as a person. I love feeling like I'm getting a peek behind the curtain. Mm. I love getting tasty story lore morsels that I wasn't expecting that flesh out my understanding of the rest of the story or the characters. And that's what I felt Ursa's story was for me. I agree with that completely. Like that is, I think, what I was looking for without realizing that's what I was looking for. Yes. So like all of those reasons... And while I did not choose Ursa on my list, there are my number one and two both hit these notes very specifically. Oh, awesome. So who's your number two? It'll be surprised absolutely no one that it's Vakir, the disgraced <laughs> young archer. <laughs> he's not your number one? No, what? no. Yeah, well, he's it's very <laughs> close between one and two. Like a hair's difference of an opinion. But Vakir... I think for me personally, it was just more satisfying because as soon as I saw that Archer, I was just like, why is he so terrible? Like in that episode, because he showed up in book one. The Blue Spirit? Was it the Blue Spirit? I don't remember what episode it was, but he showed up very early on. And we saw the Rough Rhinos a lot of places. Yes. And I was just like, these guys are supposed to be like the best of the best. Why is he so terrible? God tier archers. Yeah. And then the book was like, oh, this is why. (laughs) It's because he was the best. And he was so disgraced by Fire Lord Ozai that he just can't shoot straight ever again. Now, I love the fact that that is a story that we... Yes, that's true. ...created by reading between the lines. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like there's no other story that could have been told about him. What other reason would there be? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Unless, I think we theorized that maybe he was lying when he said he was the best, but I don't think he seemed very, like, adamant that he was the best. Yeah. Also, there is a condition, right, with performers and gymnasts and sports people. I don't follow sports. Athletes, that's the word. I forget what it's called. Isn't like the bends or something where you 
if you get too in your head, you throw yourself off and you like start second guessing all the things that you do. There was an episode about this in Bob's Burgers where Teddy asks Bob how he flips the burgers and Bob's like, I don't know. And then he starts thinking about it and then he can't flip burger, burgers <laughs> anymore without like breaking them in half. Yeah. And it was a whole episode of him like getting back in the groove because he like lost the stuff and mm-hmm. now he's like overthinking it. That is what I think happened to Vakir. Yep. He got so disgraced that now he's overthinking everything and he cannot shoot an arrow to save mm-hmm. his life. And I like to think that he ends up being a good guy at the end of all the comics. Yeah. That's just what I think. <laughs> I think the Rough Rhinos are just like, forget this. Let's just join the good guys team. We've lost one too many times. We're out of here. So that would be Vakir's my number two. Who's your number two? My number two is Ekam, a.k.a. Norin. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Number two is Ekam because he was a side character that completely stole my heart. Mm-hmm. The only reason why he is number two and Ursa is number three. I love him. I love him as a character in the comics. I love him as a character in Ursa's story. He's just such a good dude. And I love the role that he played in the comics. It's as simple as that. Me too. That's why he's my number one pick. Of course he is. Okay. That makes sense. It was so neck and neck, like not being goofy, not being silly. It was very neck and neck between Vakir and Ikem slash Norin. And I can never remember yeah. his original name. I always just call him Norin in my head because he was more Norin yeah. in the comics. And even on the Avatar wiki, it's just Norin. There you can't search for Ikem. But anyways. Because that's who he becomes. That's who I he guess. becomes. Yeah. And there's not really much of a difference between the two. They're the same person, not as much as Ursa when she transformed because she was just a completely different person. True. Norin was always just Norin slash Ikem. He just got a name change and a face change. And it wasn't that much of a face change. I think he just got older. It kind of mm-hmm. looked like based on design. He's goofy. He's silly. He's a great dad. He's a great husband. He's very nurturing. He never once fights Ursa about going back to the Fire Nation. And oh, like he never yep. once makes her feel bad about changing her physical appearance. He doesn't care. It's not like it was whatever. He's a good guy. And I was not expecting a character like this to show up. Yep. He's the antithesis of Ozai. Seriously. In every way. (laughs) Like, he's just solid as a rock. And I think that's what Ursa needs in her life. At any, even when she didn't remember she was Ursa, she still needed him. And he is keeping tabs on everything for her in case things reverted, I guess. I don't know. I love him so much. I have trouble verbalizing how much I love I him. I know. I was just like, this, this, and this. That's yes. it. I drop. It's just like... Just all the... Him. Him. Just him. He's just like wholesome. He is. And he is unwavering. Yep. It's so loyal. So he dedicated. Really is. I, it's so nurturing. a shame that we don't... I don't think we get to see him ever again. Because I want more of him. I want just... Yeah. All Ikem all the time. That's what I yep, want. Yeah. Well, that uh, is exactly how I feel about my number one. Because mm-hmm. my number one is Jang the Pirate Captain. Yes. From Katara and the Pirate Silver. I don't know what it is about this lady, but I just need more. I need a story with her. She gives me the same feelings that the Junker Queen from Overwatch 2 gives me. Okay. Just, she's it. She's everything I want to read about. I just need a story with her. I love her look. I love the way that she carries herself. I love the way that she entered the story. I love her like little anti-hero arc Mm -hmm. where she's like, I'm a bad guy, but really I'm doing things for good reasons. Like so fun. I love her. Yes. Yeah. I mean, me too. That's why she's high up in my list as well. She's so good. (laughs) So good. Avatar Studios, please please give us some more stories with these characters. All I like, 
I'm not asking for a lot. Like maybe just a three minute mini episode, like a little short something Pixar style, not 3D, but you know, like Pixar does his little shorts, but uh-huh. like that. That's all I'm asking yep. of these characters. Maybe a book. Well, now, I'm now swinging we're for something asking bigger. for a maybe lot. A, maybe a book, maybe like a whole side series. Like you got to ask for, this is a negotiation. <laughs> you ask for the little thing. And then when they gave it to you, you go, okay, cool. That wasn't that big of a deal, right? Now this thing. And then we're aiming for a full-length feature movie with Chang the <laughs> yeah. Pirate. <please>. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, the side characters blew me away in the comics. I didn't realize until I was preparing for this episode and thinking, like, man, how is it possible that our main cast, the gang, felt so boring in comparison yeah. to the side characters? That's crazy. But it shows really good storytelling for them to create this comic world that enhances what we already know about the Avatar world and then fills it with all of these like fun new things, these new characters for us to fall in love with. Yes. I have a feeling it's very similar to our dear friend, Vakir, the problem that he is encountering, <laughs> where I think that there's these established characters that everyone knows and loves. So it's more difficult to write for them. That's why Sokka's not high on my list. Sokka was horrible right. in the books. Except for like imbalance, where he started to be Sokka again, but he was just yeah. not well written. I feel like Jean Lu and Yang couldn't really get a handle on what it is to be wacky like Sokka. And I think a lot of that comes from Jack DeSena and yep. a lot of like the improvisational stuff that he did and his delivery and the back and forth between him and the animation team. And I think they just couldn't nail a lot of the characters versus you make up a character, I can do whatever I want with this person. It doesn't matter. Or you pick like we've been doing with Secret Podcast. You pick a character that like no one really recognizes or maybe one or two people noticed and then you build upon that and that's a little bit more rewarding, but it's still a blank slate more or less. So mm -hmm. I, that's my kind of theory on that anyways. Yep. All right. The time has come to talk about the MVP of the comics. Who is the one character above all else who is our most valuable player? It has to be Aang. <laughs> I agreed. <laughs> it has to be Aang. Like, I know. We, I thought about it for like two seconds yeah. and was like, it's Aang. Of course it is. It's all about Aang. It's all about growing him as an avatar. He's in every single one of these things that we read. Yep. It just has to be. Yep. Oh, totally. And I feel like there's not much more we can say about it because yep. it's all of those reasons. Mm -hmm. It is about Aang's growth mm -hmm. as an avatar and mm -hmm. the way that he was reacting to the changing landscape around him. Yes, I agree. What about the overall moral of the comics? For me, the moral of the comics echoes what was our book three moral. So for anyone who remembers our book three moral was for better or for worse, change will happen. And all you can really do is control how you react and stay true to your morals and stay true to yourself. And I think I'll expand upon that by saying, while change will always be around the corner, it's going to happen sooner than you expect. Wow. I had completely forgotten that we had that moral for book three. Yeah. That is what I wrote for yeah. the comics. <laughs> change is inevitable. The way you handle change is up to you. Yes. And I think we were talking about that with book three, specifically with Aang and his dilemma of killing the Fire Lord or not. Yeah. I think that was our focus, if I remember correctly. But I think it just echoes upon that. And it's actually showing us what change looks like and how fast it can be in the books. It only takes two or three years of everyone working together in order to like get Cranefish Town, which eventually yeah. turns into Capital City. Capital City? Yep. Republic City? Republic City. Republic City. I always call it Capital City. I don't know why. Republic City. And that doesn't even take all that long either. Yeah. So it's wild. 
it's pretty topical too, because I feel like we in in our world have gone through so much change in even just the past 10 years. Yes. It really reflects the amount of change that the world of Avatar has gone through because once change really starts rolling, sometimes it just explodes mm-hmm. and you have to roll with it. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Wow. Oh, well, that felt like a really good discussion. It was so nice picking apart our experiences with the comics, talking about our favorite characters, our favorite issues. I love the fact that we were like tag teaming throughout the whole I know. thing. Like bouncing back and forth. Wow. Amazing. So we good. did not, listeners, we did not talk about any mm-hmm. of this before we sat down to record. So that was pure coincidence, pure synergy. It was great. I make a point not to look at Acorn's list and she makes a point not to look at mine until like we're recording basically. And yep. then even then, I don't think she doesn't look at mine. I can't help it because I'm like the kid on Christmas Eve who just like wants to know what everything he has. So I just peek all the time. But that was wild. That's kind of scary, actually. It <laughs> <laughs> shows that we were on the same page with um, the ah. way that we experience. Oh, wow. Wow. There's a second pun for you. Totally you accidental. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the same page with the way that we experienced the comics. And I think that came from our deep diving discussions throughout the comics. I think we both got a lot out of them just by doing this podcast and working through the story of each one and talking through the themes and the characterization and the pros and the cons and things we loved and things we didn't. So yeah. Wow. So good. Yes. I agree. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this discussion. As a reminder, we are taking a longer break this time around. We normally take a break after big milestones like this, but we are going to be starting the podcast back up in April 2023, which happens to be the anniversary of Korra. Mm -hmm. We thought it was perfect. We couldn't help it. It gives us a chance to rest and recuperate and also gives us a, a little bit more symbology with coming back to the podcast. So stay tuned. Stay subscribed. You can find us while we're away. Greg is going to plug his Twitch in a minute. We still have the the Patreon. If you are currently a patron and you want to hop off and stop pledging for the next little while until we can bring the podcast back, totally fine. We are 100% fine with that. Your support through Patreon really allows us to pay our editor, Rob, to edit the podcast for us. So while we're away, we're not going to need that editing support. But if you want to stay pledged, that's fine too. Yes. You can check out our YouTube over on youtube.com slash avatar the podcast. If you want to get a more visual depiction of our past episodes, you can also find us over on Twitter at podcast avatar. And you can write to us at avatar the podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And anyone who decides they do want to stay pledging on Patreon, just know that the money will go towards future editing. Just so everyone's aware. Exactly. It's just going to sit there until we need it, essentially. And then we'll just throw it at Rob and we just say, edit our thing, please. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. And as always, you can always join me during the break over at twitch.tv slash boostergreg on Monday and Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We just beat Skyrim. It's the most focused playthrough of Skyrim I've ever done in my life. Yes. Oh my God. Well, we only did main campaign stuff. Okay. And if I had to do any leveling up, I did it off screen. I just didn't waste anyone's time with that, which I didn't really need to do. I only had to do like maybe an hour or two off screen for playtime, but we beat it. We're playing Ghostwire Tokyo next, which is what oh. the community voted for. I'm very excited about that. Show up, hang out. You can ask me questions directly. Sometimes I answer them right away. Sometimes it gets lost in chat and I'm not very good at keeping up with it, but. Rest assured that you can always make me fumble over my words 
when I get that first time viewer, first time chatter notification pops up when someone says, hey, I'm here from Avatar the Podcast and I don't know how to react. <laughs> he doesn't know what to Ever. do with his hands. I don't it's know what to great. do with anything. I just stare at the camera blankly. And I hope <laughs> that the sincerity in which I feel adequately displays on stream, which it usually <laughs> doesn't. But anyways, it's a great time to come hang out. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Booster Greg. Also, I finally got a YouTube handle. This is this epic story that I'm not going to bother everyone with, but we got a YouTube handle for my YouTube, youtube.com slash at Booster Greg. Find me, hang out. It's going to be a great time. I promise. Yep. And you can find me online at Acorn Bandit and also at Joy Sons as our wonderful non-paid marketing director <laughs> <laughs> told us. Thank you again, Condition Gamer, for that incredible review. Yes. You can find me on joysons.com, but it is currently on hiatus because I am working on some new product. I am actually really, really excited about what I'm coming up with. The only problem is it's going to be a lot of money to produce in order to get it out there, but I'm having a lot of fun creating new things and I can't wait to launch the new Joysons next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, you ready for this, Greg? I'm so ready. Coming up next time. The Legend of Korra. Korra! Finally! Mm-hmm. All these new adventures and more next time on Avatar, Avatar the, the Podcast. Podcast. Avatar the Podcast is a proud part of the Geek Generation Network. Remember to check out all of our other podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com.